0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Commented Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. And I'm Nia. Not the historical juggies. Abandoning y'all in the moment of crisis. (laughs) Listen, listen. We've been busy, children. It's been a busy, busy um, beginning of the school semester. But with that being said, your girl did manage to squeeze a historical in there, and before we jump into that... We just want to remind you to hit that notification bell, hit that five-star review, and make sure you drink your water, wash your hands, and wear a mask as if it's still in these COVID streets. Nia, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am pretty good. Just busy. Work is kind of chaotic now, but otherwise, mm. like, nothing too interesting. How have mm-hmm. you been, Tori?
0: I've been starting student teaching, so it's been interesting. Um, I probably would have done this review a week ago, but I was super busy with very stupid projects for school. But um, now that those stupid projects are over, I finally had a chance to finish what might be one of my new top five favorite Chinese dramas, question mark? Oh, wow. Uh, I know, right? Um, if you follow our podcast long enough, you know that I've tried. I've tried to drag Nia into the dark side of Chinese dramas for forever. I know she'd like it over here. She refuses to cave just because <laughs> they're long. But I keep telling her she doesn't have to watch everything in a weekend. But you know, we'll we're, we'll get there eventually. She'll cave at something <laughs> eventually. <laughs> um, I mean, she's probably not gonna cave if I keep doing the reviews with her. But anyway, listen, we're making progress. I say as we're like what five years in for. Friendship. Exactly. (laughs) Listen, Nia will, when she wants to, she will. But um, today, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Tori's rave of love like the galaxy now. Um, Love Like the Galaxy is a two-part, it's two parts, but it's only two parts because China has new broadcast regulations that say that dramas can't be over, like, 50 episodes a drama, so now they're doing this thing, like, we're doing it in seasons that are, like, a week apart. (laughs) So, um, it's two parts, it's 55 episodes in total, it started in July in India, I want to say a week or two ago. Um, 45 minutes an episode, it's starring our baby, Boulay and another baby who I didn't think I would love so much, who's Zhao Lushi, and a plethora of other young and veteran actors, which I think is a charming point in this drama. It is a domestic- Um, I'll read this tweet. This is a mid-watch tweet. I had, like, gotten through halfway through- the first part and this was my tweet about it i said it's domestic without being boring political without being repetitive the main um couple don't hate each other's guts before they get engaged a mutual non bloody breakup in a historical Um, oh right the female lead's parents aren't perfect aren't dead um the show doesn't sugarcoat her abandonment and the male lead is cold and stoic without being an asshole to the woman he loves and now that i have finished it you guys my non-spoiler review is that if you are looking for my babes that love the story of Minglan, i highly suggest this it's not the same <laughs> um It's not the same pacing, it's not the same writing, but it gives off that same vibe of instead of being what I feel like a lot of historicals. I think Nia can attest to this. A lot of historicals be like big historical plots. Here is our you know our love and our characters in between that, and this mm-hmm. feels more like here is our love and characters, and the political stuff is kind of going on in the background. I feel like this is one of those things where sometimes historicals don't really mesh the romance and the political side well, and so you either either like one or the other more, and you're more mm-hmm. interested in one than the other, and the stories don't intertwine as well. You know what I'm talking about? Like some historicals you mm-hmm. watch to be like, oh, here's the romance and here's political, and then here's the romance and then here's political, and then they try right. to they try to wrap up the political stuff like in the last three episodes. And You're like. Mm, y'all should have been doing this five episodes ago. We had to, right? Like, <laughs> you, like it's either
1: like two, like they don't handle both well. Like you either do one good or the other. Sometimes, you know.
0: Yes, and I think this is a drama that did both of them well, which kept the plot going. And it, it's a, it has a very um, God, my brain is working in Korean. Um, it has a very charming <laughs> a charm to it that. Um, I wasn't expecting. So, for those of you who don't know, Wule played, um, as Fule. Fu. that's... I was. If I get this character's name, I'm upset with myself. <laughs> he played, uh, Fei uh, Fei Lu um, from Nirvana and Fire. And so, he was one of the first, like, young Chinese actors I got to saw when I got into Chinese, Chinese historicals. So Wu Lei's been acting his since he was a kid, right? So this is like a kid actor mm-hmm. got bigger. And then you have Zhao Lusi who plays the female lead, who is like, um, Zhao Lusi who is just like, she got really big off this one drama, and now she's in a lot of other stuff. And so I like her acting, but sometimes she'd be picking stories, and I'm like, sis, sis, <laughs> you're, you're, you're almost there we're getting there i need you to pick a little bit better scripts and i feel like this is a script that showcases a lot of her acting without it being solely based on the popularity of the people in the show if that makes mm. sense like this is a really good script and some fantastic acting so let me just read you the the synopsis and i just want you to you know just take some information in as we move on i'm gonna break down the plot and like the beginning, the middle, and the end of it. I'm not going to summarize 55 episodes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we will do that another time. Um, <laughs> but, and then I want to tell you what I liked and what I didn't like about the story. Okay? So, the young Qing, uh, Qing Xiao Sheng. Who is our female character was left behind because her parents had gone off to fight in the war in order to protect herself from her scheming aunt, she had to be extra diligent while pretending to be the opposite. However, years of estrangement have made it difficult for them to become family again. Lacking love her whole life, um Ching Sha Shang is both pragmatic and insecure in choosing a partner for marriage. She encounters three men, the emperor's adopted son, Ling Buyi. Our male lead, the talented Yunshin of Bailu Mountain, the motherfucker I want to hit in the face, then aristocrat Luyao, who we'll get to he's he's precious who each have their pros and cons although the road to love is bumpy she never regrets any choice she makes through her interactions with Ling lingui she unintentionally becomes involved in the mystery surrounding his family and his identity the two grow from their experiences and work together upholding the righteousness in their hearts to resolve a national crisis so Mm. with that in mind (laughs) let me give you a little (laughs) bit more details right So let's start with our female lead. Homegirl is like the youngest out of, she has one, two, three older brothers. and She's the only girl, right? And so Mm on the day that her mother gave birth, it was her and her brother who were twins. Their, her aunt-in-law, she's not an aunt by blood, she's an aunt by marriage, talked the grandmother into thinking that um, because of the you know the signs and you know that's you know how some um countries be like oh this the time and the date and the weather which you were born and decide your fate and shit um yeah the aunt convinced the grandma that this was like a, a bad sign and so that the girl twin um had to be kept at home because the, the mom and the dad are, are generals, so they fight, and they're, you know, they're military people. And so they take their kids with them when they go out to war. And so she basically talked the grandmother into forcing the parents to leave the girl with her while they went out to war. This resulted in the grandmother and the aunt treating our female lead like garbage they sent her um to a uh they sent her to a you know like a an old house they have outside the city she was got sick had a fever almost died they did not call a doctor um and so she grew up in this environment raised by these two women and so she realized if she was gonna have to survive she gonna have to be a menace we gonna have to scheme it's tip for tat <laughs> eye for eye right. right and so you can't help but grow up in the environment and learn how to be a snake and i mean that in the most loving way because my baby girl Shao-shan, a minister motherfucking society and i love her for it do you hear me <laughs> She, my favorite <laughs> thing that solidified me like because like the first times they show her they show the her. They show the aunt and the grandmother trying to bring her home because her parents are returning, and so the they're kind of pretend like, oh, we loved her so much and we raised her so well, and she's just scheming and stubborn and has a temper for no reason. It's like, no, you've just treated her right, exactly, right. You they treated her, like her. That. and so <laughs> she's because she's an eye for an eye, a tit for a tat person. Even though she gets constantly. Um, discriminated against because of like she's not of like real, but her family were you know this is like a new empire too. So like if this isn't like an old empire setup, this is like a new reign emperor who just took over from like a a tyrant emperor, right? And so you know how the people, the generals, usually when a new emperor comes along, a lot of the people who are running the kingdom are part of the old kingdom and then part of the new kingdom so there's like a, a faction divide and then a lot of the people who are making you know military merits are people who are usually not royal they like follow the king there's like we're gonna follow you because you're gonna bring us a new and into a new life right mm-hmm. and so because her you know family started from the bottom now we're here a lot of people like to get on her for that And, you know, that's annoying. We'll get to the real kids in a minute. Because when I say I want to backhand every last (laughs) one of them, good God. Okay. But, like, so because she has this temperament, even though she gets bullied, (laughs) um... When whatever type of she's one of those characters, whatever type of treatment she receive, she gives you back to you ten. If you don't mm. on her, she's gonna be loyal to you. If you show her, you know you're crazy and being a bully, she's going to tamper a bridge and make sure your ass falls into the bridge in front of everybody at a big ass party. Okay. When she did this, come through. Yeah. I cackled like a fucking hyena. I said. <laughs> This woman, it's not one person. It was every other girl at that party besides her cousin that she tampered. She just took one log out of this old bridge and then kind of had all the girls run over the bridge. (laughs) Mm. And they all fell in. All of them. And then the music in the background is like really cheery music and she's like dancing in circles. I'm just like, That's my little Dennis the Menace. Because she said, I wish you (laughs) bitches would continue to talk shit about me. Stop it! (laughs) Right? So that's our female lead. And so the story in the beginning starts with her mom and dad and her two brothers coming back to the capital. Um, And so she has to try and get along with this new family. Her mother is immensely disappointed in the way that she's been raised. And instead of giving this child who's essentially been abandoned by both her parents and by the family she was left to be taken care of a love she starts she starts tough love parenting her so she starts to use the cousin who lives with them who is the daughter of the aunt who was uh who caused this fiasco in the first place well what happens there is they kind of handle the aunt and she gets um this, how do you say it she gets you know exiled out of the family or whatever mm mm-hmm. the mom sees this 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 kind of conniving character in her daughter and it's just like oh i have to teach this out of you and so her instinct to teach her is like how to teach her son she's only ever raised three sons and instead of being a gentle parent she you know is utilizing the cousin and being like oh well she's the cousin has all the skills to be uh you know a woman of this dynasty who's gonna get married and stuff like this my daughter is always lacking she's always saying stuff like that and it's it's kind of it's very hard to watch because you just you're looking at the mom being like i get what you're trying to do but you can't tough love a child that you never showed love to in the first place mm. you that's a word You can't be like, oh, I'm doing this for your sake. I'm, you know, I'm saying all these things to try to get you to understand stuff. But for the past, what, 15, 16, however long they were gone, this child has never received an ounce of love. So that backfired on her, of course. And so um, let's go ahead and talk about our male lead real quick and then I'll get into the breakdown of the story. Our male lead. Ling Buyi is the adopted son of the emperor. Basically, <laughs> honestly, when they were introducing his story at first, I was confused. But now that I've watched the entire series, it's very clear. So, Ling Buyi, the son of a a marquise and his wife. Right. The wife mm-hmm. is the sister to a general who helped bring in the new dynasty. Their last name is Ho. Right. A big, one of the biggest things that happened during this dynasty takeover was the the loss of a giant city. I forget the name of the city's called. We're just going to call it Night City right now. I don't remember the name. So Night City failed. Everybody in that city died. Oh, no. Right. The aunt. No. Besides the mom and her son. There we go. Besides the mom and her son. That's... Whew, I'm thinking way ahead of the plot. I need to explain this to you. <laughs> okay. Besides the mom and her son, right? Mm-hmm. So, this entire city fell. And Ling Buyi's entire desire is to get... To figure out what the hell happened that night. Because it made no sense for this entire city to fall. When backup should have been called. And there's like all of this evidence that something was awry. And that a plot had been made for this entire city to fall, right? Including his uncle dying mm-hmm. because he was a popular general. Mm-hmm. So his whole his whole character motivation is revenge at this point in the story. He wants revenge on the people who set up this entire city to die. Because not only did it cause him turmoil, his mother now has m- mental health issues. And she like kind of, I guess you can it's akin to dementia, where she forgets who he is. And then she, you know, is always kind of like in this going back to her teenage years. So this 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 boy who survived this tragedy is now like the god of war, basically he's, he's very famous, he's been raised in the palace with the rest of the princes and things like that, and so, um, he's very well known around the, you know, the the country, and, you know, known amongst the young nobles as, like, a prime candidate to be a husband. Is he for the any of them? Absolutely not, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, Everybody in their mama wants to marry Ling Buyi, and it's just so crazy to me because they do that thing where they're like, well, he's such a ruthless general, and I'm like, he's a general. What else do y'all want him to be? You wouldn't be in a safe country. It kills me when they have characters like that, but I know this is it's part of like the Confucian teaching of like a lot of um, ancient kingdoms priding scholars over generals because generals kill people and i'm like without them you motherfuckers would be dead and i'm turning into a nationalist but like but right. like it's the it's that whole mindset that people who fight in wars are beneath the people who read the books and i'm like you wouldn't be able to read your books quietly if the people who were like it, especially in ancient times like in ancient times i'm like you just don't understand <laughs> the, if the enemy company could they come in and cut your head off but whatever um so he has this reputation of being kind of bloodthirsty or whatever like that he's you know ruthless and I'm like okay well that's probably a good reputation to have as a general I don't think anybody would be scared of a country if the general was you know weak or whatever so Mm -hmm. you have these two people that I've never met they didn't grow up together there's no childhood interaction Nia look at them subverting tropes we hate There's (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> there's no childhood interaction they didn't know each other as kids they um basically he sees her in his love at first sight she doesn't see him in his love at first sight she falls in love with a whole other man which we'll get to in a second um so he sees her it's love at first sight and so the whole first beginning part of the story is um our female lead shashing and um uh, she and her like kind of first of all it's her her and her mom and then like her 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 mom and her father she's getting used to having a family again and you know her mom trying to figure out how to teach her and all that stuff and then um you know because she's the age of getting she's at the age of getting married she starts to meet a lot of more um young men as you know since her parents are back and she has to go like um, and not her grandmother, and not have to like you know present her to society or whatever. Uh, and so the mm-hmm. first, the three people she meets is going to be the male lead, um, Yuan Shen, fucking bitch, um, and then a character named, a character named, uh, Lu Yao. So Lu Yao is ends up basically being her first love, right? Lu Yao is this, he's like the son of this his uncle it's like you know how um they explain to you in like some Asian families there's branches depending on who the son is so like mm-hmm. the uncle is like a tutor like a royal tutor and then the second branch the brother died but you know um his kids or whatever are still doing their thing but Yao is the youngest son of the second branch and he's like a really sweet kid and they meet and Luyao find Lu Yao's kind of indecisive and not as um forward not forward thinking but not, doesn't stand up for himself or make decisions like um Shaoxing does and so he falls for her and she falls for him because she knows that if they get married he's gonna let her do whatever she wants <laughs> right mm. and so there's a kind of like that power balance between them is the two of them kind of fall in love and things are going great until I mean this part of the plot is kind of hard to explain but let's just say that they had to break up because it was basically royal order for Yao to get married to the daughter of a general whose family got kidnapped by the remnants of the empire before them and basically her father her brothers all got, like, sacrificed in this, like, quilling of a rebellion. And so mm. they have to break up. And, oh, my God, <laughs> they have an amicable breakup. I Oh, wow. Right. I saw this and, like, oh, this is going to be, like, some kind of big political point, which usually happens in a lot of historicals when two characters break up. But, literally, they have a conversation and they're, like, we we don't want to be, you know, as sh- like, well, at, at this time, Shaoxing has gone through some other things where she realized, you know, what her mom and dad were doing at the border and how dangerous it is to be in war. And she's like, we don't want to be written down as people in history who were, you know, unfeelile to this this family who just died for our country, right? And so they have this like really like grown-up conversation and being like i she's like i don't think i can live with myself to force this marriage you know and go against the emperor's will and things like that but she's like i also feel sorry for the daughter of this family because she just lost her entire family in war and i'm sitting here like are they finna have an amco there's no blood there's no <laughs> like there was tears but i'm like there's no war about to break out y'all ain't finna you know in ancient in historicals they'd just be like it's do or die out in these streets we've been to kill each other like for love but it was just like and it was also this thing where the female lead loved him but I don't think she was like in love with him to like her core right because that was like her first her first like feeling her first love experience right mm-hmm. that amicable breakup is something that I was like Oh, this is when I started to feel like, oh, this drama is gonna go down in history for me. They had an amicable <laughs> breakup. They had an amicable breakup, and during this time, um, you know, but even with their amicable breakup, people were, you know, spreading rumors about, um, Shoshin and you know how she, you know, had an engagement. And now they're breaking up, and now she's single and yelling and lolly this and lolly that, and so she starts going, I think she starts going to the palace around this time. Oh, well not yet, but she goes to the palace for some reason. There's like a congratulation dinner and Ling bui who's kind of been in the background of like helping her. Like when she had that encounter where she like her and her servants almost got kidnapped by, um, like the enemy or whatever. He like came, he, he came and, you know, saved her. Um, be you know his people all of his like bodyguards know that he likes her but she's not really picking up on that and he's not forcing himself on her or anything like that and so when she got engaged to her first love he like said goodbye to her and he said like I hope you're happy I hope you know you find happiness but when the engagement fell through and he's seeing all these people talk about her He literally, this was a bad move on his part, but I understand where he was coming from. At this royal gathering, he literally in front of everybody, kneels in front of the emperor and says he would like her hand in marriage. And her parents are like, right. And her parents are like, no. (laughs) They're scared Mm. because he's a general and he could die, but he's also liked by like a princess and a bunch of other women are you know hoping to marry him and right. they're like no and so her mom starts to say oh, this is a heartbreaking thing because her mom just starts to say that oh my daughter isn't worthy she said just she starts to say all this bad stuff in the name of protecting her child which I get but she's saying it in front of all of these other people and even um Xiaoxing, she like realizes that her mother's doing this to protect her but she's like I still have feelings and I still have, like, this desire to be respected by others. So she couldn't help but go against her mother and father and accept the engagement. Right? Mm. So there's these complicated patterns that are going on. And so Ling Bu-Yu is extremely excited about this. Okay. Um, <laughs> the problem is that Ling Bu-Yu has very low social emotional skills. <laughs> Baby boy just... He means well. But the way he executes things like because he asks in front of everybody it kind of feels like a threat to the female lead and her family like if they don't mm-hmm. get married that something might you know happen they're afraid that he retaliate and it doesn't help that he shows up to their house with his like elite guards in tow <laughs> and he's like and I'm like Sir, you just can't show up with a whole military platoon to their house thinking that this is so fine. And he's like, you know what? Your family is a little weak. We're we're going to exercise. So he's like making them exercise every day. And he's like very, he doesn't know how to take a joke. And he doesn't know how to deliver jokes either. He's like, (laughs) it's just like, it's a very comedic few parts. But it, it reaches a boiling point because... The female lead is, like, you know, he tries to, you know, she finally reaches a point where, like, I don't want to marry you because it feels like I'm being forced to. It feels like I'm being forced to. She's like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose myself and all of that. And he was like, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And so a lot of their conversations that they start having is true misunderstanding and miscommunication but not in the way that romantic tropes use them as like a plot device. It's literally two people who have never dated each other, who've never been friends, who are trying to figure out each other's love languages. And it's so satisfying to watch them try and figure out how to love each other. Mm. So like they have conversations about, well, like she'll like, describe why she's upset about something he did and he explains why he did it and what he was doing and he didn't mean it like that and he's like I know I shouldn't have he's like I realized my you know my the area in my ways of thinking that proposing to you in front of so many people would be the right thing to do but it you know put pressure on you so I'm like these are like really great conversations and these I guess particularly younger actors they're not super young Wu is like Ule is born in, I know, he's like in 1999 so like 22 and 21. And so sometimes it can be difficult for, I guess, sometimes when young, young actors are given scripts that are heavy like this, that it feels just like they're reading off the script. But it these two actors are so good that you're like <laughs> sitting there in that moment. Like, oh, these two people are really trying to make this work. If mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And so the second part of the story, you know, there's more political plot that's coming up. There's, we'll get to the big political plot point at the end. There's more political plot point that's coming up. You know, we get to see, you know, all these little bits and we get to move into the palace because um, Shao Sheng starts taking lessons from the Empress, you know, about how to be, because she's never actually had like etiquette lessons or how to be a woman of this dynasty because of. Who she's grown up with, and her mother isn't, you know, giving her the gentle parenting that she needs. So the Empress does. And so during this time, you get to learn more about Booyi Ling Buy's life, um, because he grew up in the palace, and this is where you meet the royal fucking children. Almost every last one of them the bitches deserve a slap across the face. They were all awful. <laughs> they were just they were just so bad. Also, it was like really refreshing. Because this is a new dynasty, the there's the emperor, the empress, and one consort. Mm-hmm. That's the parents, and they got like eight kids altogether. But those are the parents. Um, but you get to, uh, they're just spoiled fucking brats. <laughs> I'll explain to you about one child in particular, whose story, um, kind of encounters with our female lead the most. I think she's called. I think she's like the fifth princess. So her whole thing is she's a spoiled ass brat. That's one. She's spoiled as fuck. <laughs> it's so bad. She's just, <laughs> just, just she's so bad. But you know she has these advisors. You don't can't see me making quotation marks, but advisors who are all men that stay in her palace. And you know she's very, you know, in your face. And you know, and if this was any other character, I'd be like, go girl, talk your bullshit. Because we don't notice all the advisors. You just like pretty men, and that's fine. Be a hot girl. But <laughs> because you don't like the fact that the the that our female lead character one is getting teach taught by your mother, two is being more faithful to your mother than you have ever been to your mother. And then three, I guess because she's marrying Ling Yi, She didn't like Ling Boogie. She was just she just didn't like the female lead for being able to stand up for herself to her bullying. So one of the things that she does to the female lead is push her in a pond. Our female lead can't swim. Throw sticks and stones at her so she can't get to the shore. And then releases a snake into the water so the snake bites her. I <laughs> I was like, oh, this this little girl is out of her fucking mind. <laughs> and she doesn't stop because... Of course, our female lead is not gonna take this beating down. So of course she goes, you know, they have a tit for tat, toe to toe, toe to toe until eventually she does something that ends up like a big political thing. And so Ling Bu Yi advises the Emperor to kill her all her advisors and the Emperor does. Girl, I was gagged when she walks back to her house thinking that she kinda won in this argument with with the female lead, only for there just to be bodies under a white cloth in her courtyard. I said, <gasps> oh! <my> oh! God. <laughs> oh! I said, Ling Boogie was not playing! <laughs> At first I was like, did Boogie come and just slaughter all these dudes? And then the eunuch outside, you know, the head eunuch, the eunuch that stands by the emperor, it's like, "Your your father has, um, <laughs> your father has decided that You should be grounded in in your room and you shall not take any advisors anymore. And then we learned a little bit later on in the episode that Ling Yi had advised advised him to do that. I said, oh, that was a checker move. (laughs) That was was a checker move. I didn't think about that. I was like, damn. So that was one of the things. But that just shows you the caliber in which the kids are. There's a lot of other shit that goes on. Between like the crown prince and the crown princess, it's too much to explain. Just know there's drama afoot. <laughs> there's drama afoot. And amongst this drama are two ladies. They're still trying to figure out how to love each other because. Bu Yi is like, do not get involved with the crown prince and the crown princess, but because those are the kids of the empress, she can't help but get involved, and it like causes political intrigue, and they go back and forth and back and forth, and um, but eventually they come to an you know understanding. She realizes that this man will do anything for her, that they kind of have the same moral values, and that he's willing to you know give her all this love and affection that she never felt before. And he's not afraid to, you know, um, talk great about her or, you know, kill for her if it takes it. Because if there is one thing, Ling Buyi has no problem that is slicing a bitch's neck. Let me just say that. Ooh, that man has oh, no wow. problem killing nobody. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, y'all lucky I got the restraint I do. Because mess with my wife again. Mess with my fiance again, we got a problem. Make an enemy? My bitch said... Done. Yesterday. I can make an enemy. You want to be my enemy? Don't, you don't want to be Lee's enemy? And so they're in that kind of this new this newfound love. But, once again, our male lead's main um, motivation is revenge. So all of these political cases that he's taking on, he's trying to get to who was behind the the fall of the Night City, right? And every time mm-hmm. it seems like he's a step there, the, the witness dies or somebody else dies or the emperor doesn't, you know, um, give out a strict enough punishment. And it just seems like no matter what he's done, doing, well, no matter what our male lead is doing, it's all, it's all for naught, right? So to explain to you the biggest plot point, do you remember part of the description for this drama? um Mm -hmm. i said the mystery surrounding his family and his identity yeah let's 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 get to that because when i saw that i was like oh so he's not who we think he is right his name is ling and so they show us a picture of his uncle and it's they look alike it's well it's it's the actor but in the drama you're like oh they look alike, and genetically, a lot of nephews look like their uncles. Like my mother says all the time, she quote unquote gave birth to her brother and sister. Because if you look a picture of me and my aunt, I don't think you've ever seen my aunt. Nia, I have to show, show you. A picture. You have to show me. Let me show you a picture of my aunt. And if you, my uncle, a lot of times when we were younger, when my brother and my uncle were standing next to each other, like your son is so cute. That's not his. That is not his child. <laughs> But, you know, that is just how, that's just how familiar, I guess, that's just how familial genes work, which is, like, kind of insane. Like, Mm -hmm. I might have have kids and they're going to look like my brother? Who the fuck I give birth to? (laughs) (laughs) That's rude. (laughs) That's so rude. Genetics are crazy. All right. Do you look like any of your aunts?
1: i don't i don't have any blood aunts i oh,
0: have okay. only
1: aunts i only have uncles um but i look a lot like both of my grandmothers like i kind of skip my parents <laughs> and <laughs> i look like I, like some people say i look like my mom depending on the day and some people say I look like my dad depending on the day but i always like when i was with my grandmothers they'd be like oh that's your granddaughter
0: <laughs> like, yeah
1: i it's look like of- same
0: yeah, it's so crazy. People tell me I look like my mom. And I'm like, y'all, this is because you haven't seen what my aunt looks like. That's what that is. <laughs> you just haven't seen what my aunt looks like. Um, Yeah. I'll sh- While I'm getting this picture, let me continue the story. But um, So basically, what I'm trying to say is that he looks exactly like his uncle. So at first, I'm thinking, is he the uncle's child? But then I had to rethink this family tree. His uncle is his mother's brother. So, I was like, mm, that's incest. And I don't think we're going there. <laughs> oh I was like, mm, that's incest. I don't think that's what happened. Where's the picture of my aunt? I have this picture. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Um, but I was like, mm, I don't think that's what's happening. And so, the more they talked about... They didn't really bring this up until the end for it to make a lot of sense. But they just kept talking. When they said his identity, When I when that conclusion didn't make sense in my head I was like okay so what about his identity are we confused about because so far it just seems like his dad's a shitty person his mother doesn't like the fact that he's a shitty person um and you know he was raised by a shitty man (laughs) but the more we talk Mm -hmm. about the fall of the night city we're kind of coming to the conclusion that the dad might have had something to do with it and I'm sitting here like So he caused an entire city to to fall, including his brother in law and his nephew, right? Mm -hmm. And so the picture's gonna come through real quick. Uh, Let me just get your reaction (laughs) there.
1: Let me see, let me see. It's loading.
0: Uh Oh, wow. Tori, you're (laughs) not lying. Oh, you copy exactly paste copy my mom said y'all look so much why am i mean mugging in this picture but <laughs> <laughs> tori you
1: look you said get that camera out my face <laughs> <laughs> you said i want to go home right now
0: i look exactly like my aunt exactly like my aunt oh i have to show you a picture of my my uncle and my brother later too. but yes um so with that being said, we're like, oh, dad is shitty, and you're like looking at their relationship it's like, oh, he's a shitty father, and that's why he doesn't like him. And he, like, because the story, the story that they tell us is that Ling Buyi and his mother um, were basically homeless for like two years after the Night City fell, and then they came back into the lives of their father, who then was sleeping with her cousin and ended up having kids through her, and I was just like. Oh, okay. So he really ain't shit, right? He's not shit. Um, His mother's, you know, dementia's getting worse. And they have a conversation with her, one of her mother's friends, like her mother's childhood friend. And the childhood friend tells our female lead that Ling Buyi and Hou Wu Shang, which is his cousin, which is the son of the general who died at the Night City, looked alike. And that the mother liked to put them in different clothes. But the father, the Ling, mm-hmm. the Marquise Ling, could never tell them apart. And he was just so upset mm. about that. Right? You see, you see where this is going?
1: He said he I could do. never
0: tell them apart. And I was just like, pause for the cause. Are you potentially telling me, one, that Ling Buyi might not be Ling Buyi, and two, that Marquise Ling might have killed his actual son pause for the cause I said, pause no so if you look at my tweets in time for this I was like excuse me hold the fuck up literally my tweets went from <laughs> I was like cause this, this they really did leave this to like the last like 10 episodes where this identity thing came in right mm-hmm. Um, I was like I said bitch was my misunderstanding about his identity wrong okay but it was correct. But it was wrong. And then I said, oh, he killed his son. Oh, does he know that's not his son? Oh! Because they were like showing you, they were showing you that he kind of is 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 um, is um um suspicious of the main character. And I was just like, bitch, that suspicion, if you acknowledge that, that means you killed your own son and then beheaded him and then hung his head in front of the wall. Because that's what happened that Whoa. night, right? Right. Girl. So the, it finally all comes to a head. Our main character is trying to get revenge. Nothing's happening. Witnesses are dying. People are not getting the type of um, the punishment they need. Because, oh, to explain a little bit more why the night city falling was so devastating. Somebody was um, embezzling money by using um, by switching out the weapons for that city that night. And so the city could have lasted because General Ho was a great general and he had a great army, but their weapons were tampered with. So they lost the city in like records time. And then somebody, the, the people who went out for backup, somebody killed them, but their horses came back. So there's, you know, more evidence about that. And then it's, it's evidence that somebody opened the gates from the inside, right? And so mm-hmm. he has all of this, and and at one point we're just like, what exactly did Ling Buyi see for him to be so sure that Marquis Ling had something to do with it? Come to find out that Ling Buyi is not Ling Buyi. He is Ho Wu Shang. The <gasps> day that the night city fell the boys switched clothes like out of just um like um Buyi ripped it ripped a hole in his clothes and he was afraid his mother was gonna yell at him so the boy switched clothes and he goes into his father's um his father's tent to leave like some fruits he hears his father and his uncle come in and he watches from behind a bookshelf as his uncle stabs his father in the back and then hears you know all of the people that were involved talking about you have to open up the gates now um and you have to kill. Uh, General Ho's son but General Ho's son was wearing blue and so he went and found the boy wearing blue and killed him because he couldn't tell his own son and his nephew apart oh wow we got that clarity I said oh burn this bitch to the ground I don't care what the fuck he did. <laughs> burn this bitch to the ground and he did exactly that he decides on his father's birthday? After his aunt... This is not his mother anymore. This is his uncle, right? He's not Ling Bo-Yi anymore. You know, to the world he's Ling Bo-Yi. His mother just died. His father's about to have a 50th birthday party. Um, Which really tells you the father ain't shit. Because the mother couldn't have been dead a few days before he decided he wanted to ha- have his 50th birthday party. Whatever the fuck. And so b- Ling is like, I have to... I have... To take revenge now. Not only was this his, you know, he goes to his father's for these birthday party and basically shuts the door and it's a bloodbath, baby. Like I said, my boy is not afraid to cut a neck, and they do a very gruesome kind of like beheading of the 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 uncle or whatever, which was really well taped. Props to the production team. The problem is mm-hmm. our very intelligent female lead put two and it together very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. She's seen the pictures of General Ho. She heard the story about the nephew, the cousins looking alike. And so, before that, ha- that night, before Ling Boogie decides, you know, everybody can go to hell and kills the uncle because he's not getting the justice that he needs, she asks him like five times, Nia, do you have anything else to tell me? I'll love you no matter what. They like, she asks him again and says, we're bonded for life, right? We're bonded for life. He's like, you love me forever, right? He's like, yes. And she she bites him and leaves a bite mark on him. He bites her. And they're like, we're going to love each other forever, forever. Do you have anything else to tell me? He gets interrupted twice and the last two times he just doesn't tell her. And she's like, Mm. well, this is it. (laughs) This is it. Um, and the day, of his, the day that his dad's 50th birthday party is, is the day before their wedding. And so instead of going to get the bride, he decides he's going to exact his revenge, which in tune is essentially abandoning her, which is the one thing he shouldn't have done. But because she loves this man to death, she, you know, goes to save him from potentially being killed by his enemies. He falls off a cliff. She gets sick. Um, she explains to the emperor who he actually is. He's not Ling Bu Yi. He's Ho Bu-shang. So all of this stuff, he comes back. He's injured, but he comes back the emperor is like sad and crying because I can't believe you had to live this life a lie. You were just doing this to protect yourself. I'm sorry. I didn't do enough. And She says to, she says to the empress first, I want this engagement over with. And she says to the emperor, mm. she's like, I'm done. And here's the thing before she does that, the empress comes in because she wants to be demoted as empress because she realizes her son is not fit to be crown prince um and she asked ling bu yi she's like i understand that you were hurt but what did shaosheng have to do with this and so not only did Shao Sheng learn that her fiance abandoned her on their wedding day she could no longer tell if the things that he was doing for her were for her or was he doing it to exact his revenge plot and the empress asks him do you regret abandoning her Or would you do it again? And he says no. And Shen walks in. She says, I'm done. I don't want this marriage anymore. Mm. And I was like, I can't even be mad at her. I can't even be mad. Because this is is the child who's been abandoned most of her life. And even when her parents came back, they didn't stand up for her. And she finally found somebody who loved her to bits and pieces. And he did the one thing that he shouldn't have done. Which is Yeah. This is also one of the only times that I think... I'm okay with the noble idiocy that um the male lead chose. He remembers um Xiao Shang saying that she couldn't forgive anybody who hurt her family, and if they had gotten married and then he exacted revenge, her whole family would have been in danger. Mm. and so wow. that's why he chose to do what he did, um, but he has to he chose what he he chose doing that, believing that he she would understand him. But once again, he did the one thing he shouldn't have done, which was abandon her. And so he he has to reap the consequences of that. She's like, I I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this. And so they annul the engagement. The Empress gets demoted. She decides to go to, she wants to stay in the Cold Palace, you know, the, the place where they put, you know, the Empresses who've uh, done something wrong or are sick or something. But she doesn't want to be empress anymore. Um, and with that decision, as I mentioned, Shaoxing is somebody who, um, the amount of love you give her, she gives it back tenfold. She decides to spend five years in the Cold Palace with the empress. Never coming out, mm-hmm. never, you know, to talk and meet other people. <clears throat> and Ling Bu goes back to the border, continuing to fight wars and they spend five years apart they spend five years apart um her brothers her cousins they all get married and start having kids um there was a very heartbreaking scene that they did really well when her mother realized what she was doing her mother finally um apologized she like cried and apologized in front of the coal palace she's like um you know she's sorry that she didn't realize the air in her ways but five years passed he comes back the empress is not holding on well she's always been kind of um had a weak constitution she she you know gets colds and stuff uh she gets sick and she basically says that she wants to see Sha shang marry before she dies Sha shang essentially almost gets engaged to yun shen who i haven't explained well he really he just annoys the fuck out of me he likes our female lead but it's one of those things where i'm gonna talk shit about you because i like you type of bullshit i'll get to why i'll get a rant he doesn't deserve a rant right rant, rant right now i'll get to him in a second but basically <laughs> you know a lot of the loose threads that they had in the middle of the story they kind of tie up at the end you know, Xia Shang, you know, she gets kidnapped almost twice and Ling Buy of course saves her. And so basically, um, they, you know, they get back together by the end of the story and it and it's great. And I loved it. Um, so yeah, that's that's Love Like the Galaxy. I said I wasn't gonna do a fifty five episode recap. I feel like I gave you an a gist a good gist of the story <laughs> so you understand. Yeah. Um yes, yes. so let's go quickly through the things that I didn't like and the things that I did like. The things that I didn't like, the mother-daughter relationship, I it's very realistic. Because if you're going to talk about a child who was abandoned for over 10 years and her mother coming back and instead of being like, I'm so sorry that we left you here, let me fix it and be like, tough love. I love the realisticness of it and because people also, if you listen to this podcast long enough, you know that I hate when children are forced to forgive their shitty parents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but because her mom, it's not, she's not a shitty mother. She just was using the, the really wrong. Well, I guess, no, it's shitty. It's shitty to the female lead. Let me stop making excuses. I just wish they would have given more time to the story for the mom and the daughter thing to kind of work out. Because Shashang did realize that her, her mother loved her. Like a part of her healing in the end was she was kind of listened in on conversations of her parents talking about how they regret leaving her here, um, her grandmother talking about regret listening to her aunt, you know, and she gets to heal a little bit through knowing that her family still loves her, um, and they regret the decisions they made concerning her, right? Mm-hmm, right. Um, I also just didn't like the fact that her mom when it finally clicked in for her mom that she was gonna stay in the cold palace and never come out that's when she decided to apologize i was like i feel like they could have did it a little bit better but i understand why they did it it was very believable the emperor being lenient listen i ugh, the emperor is a good emperor he just doesn't know how to give severe punishments you know Mm -hmm. some emperors are like tyrants and then the other ones are like they're like incompetent and lenient he's a good emperor it's just whenever Ling Bu would bring him another person that could have been involved in this case he's like oh I'm just gonna demote you and send you out of the capital and I'm like that is not fixing the issue (laughs) of course you can't behead everybody you know right? we're not Marie Antoinette though I kind (laughs) of get what she was saying off with their fucking heads like, <laughs> right off with their heads. Cause when you when you think about the severity of these people involved in this case, mm-hmm. the people who laundered the, the people who laundered all the money for the weapons, the people who who, you know, cut off backup, the people who did all this, I'm like, I'm a whole city of people died. A whole city. It was like a very large, large city of people yeah. are dead. And he's just like, mm-hmm. you know, send them off to hard labor for 10 years. And I'm just like I'm with Booyee on mm. this one. Heads roll, bitch. Kill me, right? motherfucker. I don't have time for this. <laughs> but I understand why they were making the Emperor so lenient because he's a he's a good king. He's a good emperor. He, you know, he knows how to run his kingdom. Because he, you know, started from the bottom now here. He wasn't born into royalty. He, you know, he wants more of normal citizens to like become government officials and things like that. And he's like a really he's a really decent father all that good stuff, but I was like, I need you to start handing out guillotines, babe. This is just... <laughs> right. But I understand why they did this, because it all accumulates in the end with Boogie being like, I have to take shit into my own hands, right? Mm-hmm. Second thing I didn't like, them royal motherfucking children, the Empress is so sweet, she spoiled the fuck out of her kids. Her kids were the goddamn worst. Do you hear me? Her kids were right. the worst. I was like, <laughs> no. Just no. horrible people. Just the horrible fifth daughter. There was another daughter who was a daughter of the consort. She was awful, Um, but she had been raised by her uncle and not the consort herself. Who I'll get to because consort, you woo. You wanna talk about a bad bitch? Um, They, the 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 royal kids were just a lot of them were just annoying, and a lot of the noble daughters were also motherfucking annoying. And Booye got you know a little bit of revenge for a lot of the shit that they did to his fiance. But God. Last but not least, we have Yun motherfucking Shin. Yun Shin is, <laughs> you know how you you realize I didn't talk about his bitch ass until now, right? I yeah. This could be the Leo in me talking. It could be the fire sign. It could be the sensitive ass bitch in me talking. But I cannot be friends with somebody who makes snide ass comments at my, not at my defense, but um, like just makes that's my expense that's the word my brain was not working thank you um <laughs> that makes not comment comments at my expense so to explain yunshin's character basically yunshin grew up in a household where his mother and father did not um his father had a love they were in love and i guess either she died or his parents didn't let um, them get married. So he married his mother, and they just, you know, use separate rooms from the time for he was born. So he doesn't believe in deep love, and he believes falling in deep love is stupid or whatever. And he like, he's a scholar, and he kind of looks down on everybody, which is his character. And I'm like, cool, be a cold ass bitch, be rude, be f- whatever. But for him to constantly make like low down dirty comments about the female lead, like here's here's an example. She, this is the, this is a scene in the episode after she just broke up with her first love and all the rumors are going about, about her engagement falling through. And he literally says, oh, Miss Shaoxing is sure quick to finding a future husband. I was like, and he says shit like that. He snide ass remarks about her all the time. And it feels like that whole thing about like, oh, if, um, that whole thing about like little boys messing with the girls they like. And I Fucking hate that. You know that, oh, he's just playing with you because he likes you. Mm -hmm. No, that's not it. That's not it. This man even became um this man even became a tutor in her house because he wanted to get to know her. But he just he does the same thing her mother does, was just talk down about her, talking about how, you know, she shouldn't be falling in love she's too young to fall in love and love is not anything. I was like, you don't want her to fall in love because you like her, you want her to fall in love with you let's stop he really did pretend like they were kindred spirits that i Mm -hmm. like every time he came on the screen i was like this is why your mother doesn't love you that's just what i kept saying i was like this is why your mother doesn't love you and it's not that his mother doesn't love him his mother just doesn't have a hands on him like um sha mother does and when he sees that um he realizes they're not kindred spirits so he continues on these nasty ass remarks and the fact that they still made them friends and made her friends with this man until the end because she's, because she's also a rude bitch too, but I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too sensitive. I can't be friends with somebody who says comments like that. You know?
1: Yeah. And no, you're correct.
0: So, so he was just a very annoying presence, especially compared to Lu Yao, her first love, and Ling Bu her last love, who were, you know, falling at her feet. He was trying to get her to hate love like he hated love. And it was just it was just annoying. I fucking hated him. So every time his face came on care face came on camera, Nia, I was like, I wanna milliwop him just right. Yeah. <laughs> he deserves. He deserves. Um, so those are things I didn't like about the story. Um, I also I mean, I like the ending. I get why they ended it like that. They just like kinda get back together, they solve this one last uprising. And they're just like, oh, we're happy. And I'm like, y'all could have gave me a wedding and kids. We could have had a wedding and kids, but you refuse. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, I talked about some of the things I already liked. The actual miscommunication between the couples, it was so refreshing to see their confessions of love and the conversations. There aren't like these grand displays of love. It's just, it's really like two people who were, um trying to figure out how to love each other, trying to figure out each other's love language, trying to understand who the other person is. And they didn't use their confessions and stuff as like highlights of the plots. Like a big ta. It was just more like this is a normal thing that's going to continuously happen. Uh-huh. And it was never boring to watch. Um the female lead being a menace to society, I love that. The amicable breakup there is a scene that they give to another female character basically the Ching family well um the family's dad gets accused of treason <laughs> for stealing money from like a mine and like disappearing but it's like a, it's a political plot or whatever but her brother her older brother and um like the daughter of one of their close family friends are kind of engaged and they give her this really badass moment where she like comes to confess her undying love to this man and like um he's trying to do the noble idiocy thing of being like, No, I hate you. I don't wanna get engaged anymore. She's like, Well fuck that and she kisses him, she starts taking off her clothes, and you're like, What are you doing? At first I was I thought it was gonna be that thing where she was going to make him see her naked which means he has to take responsibility but she takes it off and it's a wedding dress she's like from this moment forward we're family we're married and I was like oh I love this story for for giving some of the other female characters some badass moments so I thought that was really cool because I feel like sometimes they give a lot of the shining moments to the female lead and then the other female characters are just written as you know like decorations but I feel like there's a lot of depth and different characters of a lot of the female characters in the story, which is one of the reasons I love it so much. Um, not all the female characters are naive. Not all of them are goody two-shoes. Some of them are very evil and very actually annoying. Some of them are plotting um, to kill people. So, you know, it's, it's cool to see a diverse group of women in a historical, which we don't right. always get.
1: <laughs> right. Um, what would you say, like, what would you rate this out of 10? Like, in terms of, like, your top dramas?
0: Um, I'll get to that in a second. My last thing that i that I liked okay. was the burden of revenge. I feel like a lot of historicals mm. they'd be like the whole a lot of historicals do this. is they're like it's the whole plot is based on revenge, right, but they right. don't show you how that affects the person who wants to get revenge and what it means to get revenge and then after that because after Ling Buyi got his revenge, he was a fucking mess. <laughs> He lost his fiance. He went back. He was like running into war and just ready to like die because he lost his fiance. And then it's like, did he really gain any peace? And so I did like that. But if I was going to read, I thought about this yesterday, Neo, which was crazy because I was like, okay, my favorite is the story of Ming Len, right? And then mm-hmm. objectively, I love Nirvana and Fire so much. So that's two. And then right. The Longest Day in Chang'an, which is, ugh, this is such an amazing story, which is three. And I was like, I think my fourth one is going to be Love Like the Galaxy from now on. Wow. Top five is huge. Right? Oh, it's wow. like, it's when you watch dramas for so long, your top five changing is not easy. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> right. It Once has to be that, that good. It has to be that good. And I just enjoy, I enjoy domestic historicals. I enjoy the little things. I'm not too big on the immense. Um, immense political driven plots unless it's like really well crafted but i'm like looking at my list yeah this is this is this is gonna be fifth never the fire story of mingland longest day town this is fourth yeah it's i also think there was a great balance of young cast and old cast some historicals mm-hmm. particularly korean ones they're like these two age groups cannot exist in the same <laughs> in the same sphere <laughs> unless they're enemies you know what i'm saying And so it was great to see like this plethora of young cast and this plethora of older cast and to see how they interact with each other. And it doesn't feel like I'm watching two different stories because usually what happens in historicals nowadays is the young cast is the romance. They're the heroes. And then the older cast is the, you know, the villains, you know, they're the, Mm -hmm. the plot devices or you go, like, to real historic, not real historicals, but, like, traditional historicals where everybody's, like, over the age of 30. (laughs) And so it's just political power, you know, chaos and war. And so to see them mix romance and politics, to mix this cast in a way that it feels um, like I'm watching one project is amazing. And so I really do love it. (laughs)
1: nice that's awesome especially yeah. like when you find something that's new that like gets that hype on your list that's like a huge deal
0: so it sounds yeah. great it's something that i think i'll definitely watch every year i think it's it'll be oh wow fun. like an annual thing yeah like an annual thing like so the story of Mingland is an annual thing for me right now mm. i haven't watched nirvana fire in a while i might do that but i think i would watch this yearly or even just like Like, 20 episodes in a row. It's like, ooh, I miss listening to these characters talk about their feelings. I miss... Also, this is the first Chinese drama that is in this dynasty, like, this time period. The... What's... This is the... Where was Sima Yi born? Sima Yi was born... The Three Kingdoms. The Three Kingdoms period. I usually Mm -hmm. don't like dramas from that time because it's only about the Three Kingdoms. And those characters. Right. Or the hairstyles are so weird. And I'm just like. Oh. <laughs> <I> d- <laughs> and I'm just like. Not all y'all could pull that off. But I think this is like a. Three Kingdoms adjacent. Aesthetic.
1: And I was just like.
0: Oh I'm I love this. I. I love this. So yeah. This is probably like. I think this is probably like my top five favorite. This year too nice is it like a perfect 10 i wanted a 9 because they could have gave me more closure Mm. i'm glad they gave me a they gave us a lot of closure like they tied up a lot of loose ends there was nothing that was mentioned in the plot that didn't come back later which is very Mm. hard to do (laughs) in story writing to make sure every single thing that you're talking about has a purpose and a place even 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 the like the the side characters that were like in love with Ling Yi came back in the end in a way that I didn't oh, think they were coming they were gonna come back and I was like oh I get that it does have one of those tropes where like the female lead gets put in danger for the romance plot to continue but I understand why they did that if that makes sense like I didn't hate it because um I knew he was gonna save her <laughs> and it wasn't like uh-huh. a stupid injury You know what I'm saying? I feel like in most romantic tropes, when they do that, they're like, oh, she falls and gets, like, her knee scraped up. And that is a trigger to the male lead being like, oh, I love you. And it's like, "Mm," no, this is like, these were, like, all part of, like, political intrigue. And the characters who were, you know, kidnapping her, trying to cause her harm. I was like, oh, this also ties into stuff that she's done. So it's not just because of him. And they're not just doing it to to make the romance plot move forward. Right. If that makes sense. So, no, it makes sense. So yeah. I give it a 9.5. I think that's my rating for Love Light the Galaxy. My only other nice. point five is because I wanted a, I wanted a wedding. I want to see if they're going to have kids. A lot of historicals will just never give me that. That's fine. <laughs> I have to make peace with <laughs> that on my own. I have to make peace with that on my own. But
1: that's what fan fiction's for, and also maybe they'll do a sequel. It's in, it, this was popular,
0: right? So it yeah, might be it was sequel. I don't even a special like an episode, like yeah. an episode or two would be just. I think that would make it a ten for me. It was nice. that good. I highly recommend it if you're looking for historical, um, to watch. It was it was one of those dramas that was getting hyped up, and I was like, I hope this doesn't, you know. Disappoint me. I'm trying not to be too hyped about dramas that are coming out because <laughs> right. depending on the the producer, the director, you know, the stars aligning in the sky, it could all fail. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I it's a nine point five. I appreciate the acting. Um, Wu Lei does all of his own st- not all of his own stunts, but does a most of his stunts. And in a world of Chinese dramas where they use stand-ins for a lot of stuff, that was refreshing to watch. Zhao Yu Xi is only twenty-one, and she does some of the best emotional delivery acting I've seen for like uh, actress her age. Like I believe her when she be screaming and crying. I'm like, y'all better let my baby go. Don't make her up <laughs> here crying. Like, um, I appreciate Wu Lei for because Wu Lei's. Like, real personality is very playful. But some people could look at some of his acting or his delivery and be like, oh, that was awkward. But you have to realize that Ling Booyi is kind of that awkward character. So when he cries and stuff, it might come off like, mm, that's a little weird, but I feel like it worked for the character. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It wasn't disappointing. I didn't care that it was 55 episodes. Oh, I never care if it's 55 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I never care but it lived up to all of my expectations it lived up to more of my expectations to be very honest with you so I highly recommend this I I know Nia's not going to watch it but you know I, I, <laughs>
1: who knows can, maybe in like five years from
0: now I'll be like Tori yes. guess what <laughs> will you get like a historical fix I just need you to watch yeah. Nirvana and Fire first if we can get you past Nirvana and Fire I feel like the gates of hell would be open but you <laughs> <laughs> But yes, um I highly recommend this. I go- hope you guys liked the historical junkies. Um, we might pop up again before the end of the year. There's
1: <sighs> there's that what's that one that you sent on the group chat? The one everyone's oh, talking about.
0: Mother Hastu, bitch, yep. Mother Hastel's for the being the historical, y'all. We we j we dropped a K drama lane real quick. I'm sorry. But <laughs> Kimesu, I said, has Kim Kimesu ever been she was um in like the original junkie bin. Changy bin? She's in the Really? Yes. I was like, oh. I will you know, you, you don't have to go look at her dis her um discography. I was like, oh, her, oh, oh, oh. so this is I need to but, see who's her co stars. I need to see Yeah. Her. here's the thing though. Um this looks like it's only gonna be sixteen episodes. It's giving me mm. it's giving me what is it? What is that? The one that Shine Sen did. That we really liked, the the one that we really liked. son,
1: let me see. Let me. I know. I feel like I know. Mr. Queen, it's giving of- me Mr. Queen like yeah. a music historical. Mm. Is that- see, I don't know how I feel about that though because I because Kimi soon mm, you I- know, she body down,
0: and I'm like, why yeah. can't we have her in like a a, a traditional historical, a serious one, like a serious like a- one, yeah. or like a rebel inspired like oh ah, listen I don't know. listen i'm i'm this close to rewatching rebel if i do it's going to make me right? so sad because they don't make korean historicals like that anymore <laughs> i know it just
1: makes me sad i know all the historical like for me i was like with the really long ones i just kind of watch snippets on youtube so like i was mm-hmm. watching jumong clips and i was like this is this is cinema this is what <laughs> this is what martin says <laughs> he says when he talks about cinema we don't we, we we didn't know what we had till it was gone. Um, oh, is there this the only t- historical
0: coming out in in Korea this year? There's another one, but it's like a really young cast. Like it's about like historical
1: doctors. Mm. Oh, so is it like idols or just new actors? And they're
0: not idols. They're just young actors.
1: Okay, let me see.
0: Min Jae, not... I think is in it. Yeah.
1: And it's coming out. It's 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 year?
0: airing. It's airing. I think I oh, might right try now? it. Yeah.
1: Huh? <laughs> I, no, but is it? I guess it's not popular because no one's talking about it.
0: Yeah, my timeline's um, not really talking about it either. I don't think. I don't think it's awful. I feel like it's like um, it's not. I don't think it's rookie historian level. I think it's more like oh, I um, see this. The it's yeah. the
1: Poon the Joseon Sun psychiatrist. Uh, yes. Hmm,
0: Why is there a, a season two on, like, already? Why is there a season this? two already? <laughs> Why? What? How does Kim Hyun Ki? 22 mm. and i mean i'm not sold
1: <laughs> yeah the poster alone like i don't really want any more i feel like uh, like mr queen is great but i don't need everybody and their mom to be like yes
0: <laughs> you know need, fusion like- historicals have a limit and i'm just like <laughs>
1: Now, if you're gonna remake Rooftop Prince, so I can rewatch Rooftop. <laughs> can we can we do corrections to old dramas? Like, give me Gong and fix the casting. Give me like Rooftop Prince, so I don't have to watch the original with you know who in it. So, like, <laughs> I like give me a remake for the things that need to be fixed. But, like, ugh.
0: yeah, there's two. What is this doing? Dramas, <laughs> China. Yeah. Comp- oh those responsive results i hate this okay immortal samsara and i think it's called um, fairy and the devil what is it called fairy and the devil are two popular chinese fantasies that just got done i do not know if i'm going to watch them
1: mm, are they both um are all the historicals on the longer side or are there any ones that you think are like 15 episodes 10 or no
0: I mean, I can find you one.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just like, are the top tier ones? Like, I mean, are the, are the ones the that are top short tier get popular?
0: One. The short ones get, here's the thing. Short in China and short in Korea are two different things. <laughs> okay. Short in China is like 24 episodes. Oh, oh, okay. But <laughs> it's not an okay. hour an episode. It's like 45 minutes. <sighs> ah. Okay. okay. Yeah. The top tier ones are gonna be longer, mm, gotcha, just because gotcha. they got money in China and they want to spend that money. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So Alchemist they're longer.
1: Got a season two? Why are? They... What's up with the season twoification <laughs> of K of Korean dramas? I'm not a fan.
0: I blame um, Netflix a hundred and ten percent. I blame Netflix
1: because not everything needs a season two. Like we we I thought we just established this, and I feel like none mm. of the season twos are even like memorable Good. they're not yeah but <laughs> yeah. well, that's interesting i mean i'm seeing on my drama list that arth doll chronicles am i gonna watch it yeah do i care no um <laughs> tale of the nine tail what
0: oh yeah *Tale of the nine tail fox with homegirl oh. and oh, Lee on wook
1: that one that was 900 years ago i mean
0: <laughs> They're doing a prequel, though. They're doing a prequel. And here's the thing. I would have watched Lee Dong-wook and, um, what is her name? It's not Kim so Yun, The black girl that you sent yeah. the clip
1: of. <laughs> Listen, that was iconic.
0: Oh, that was funny. But I would have watched Lee Dong-wook and what is her name? Oh, she's like one of my, I like this actress. Why can't I think of it? Kim so yun i was sorry. Okay. I would have watched them do anything. But why do y'all have yeah. to do? <laughs> why do y'all have? Why is it the nine tailed fox? Yeah, I would have watched them work together, but y'all refuse to give me
1: <laughs> to give what needs to be given.
0: Give what needs to be given. I don't. I don't know what other other upcoming. Let's see what other upcoming historicals are coming.
1: I feel like I'm looking at it now, and I'm not. Only- I only saw the two season twos. And those are already, like, established source material. I'm not seeing anything new.
0: Oh, Fox spirit, matchmaker. Listen, I have a love and hate relationship with the, the god genre of historical mm. fantasies in China. I will do a rant on that. You know, I'm going to add that to the calendar. <laughs> because I have such a love and hate relationship with them. It's just, I feel like everybody's trying to remake the success from the original one and it's just not mm-hmm. working we're getting a nirvana fire three i knew that was happening oh wow two was actually better than are i expected a,
1: was it what was it like is it like um season one's like the pinnacle and then season two's just kind of you know good and then do you are you looking forward to season three
0: i'm looking forward to season three what you just said is exactly right season oh. one is the pinnacle <laughs> Season two was good. It wasn't... It just... Mm-hmm. I was afraid it was gonna be bad. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. You know what's what crazy? I, I, on, on
1: my drama list, like, since I'm looking at the Korean side, there's literally... Mm-hmm. I filtered for Korean historicals, and besides remakes, cow, uh, removing remakes... um, Not remakes. Removing season twos, there are literally... The one... The Kim... The the kim hae su is that her name is uh-huh. that correct? the kim hae su one and there is no because those are all oh lovers which is set in joseon um
0: there's another one i see called oasis
1: where's that it's set in the 80s or 90s do you count those uh, as historicals like, yeah like modern history I mean, I do, yeah. but, but it doesn't. It doesn't give what it's I not ancient, historical. historical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want period piece. Like, I mean, you want I know those period. period
0: pieces? Yes, yeah. Yeah,
1: like Oasis. Like, I'm excited for those, but like, there's only two that are like period, like hundreds of years ago. Because I, I'm not watching the colonized period. I I, I don't. Yeah, I don't
0: the know Republican what it is era. I mean. the, the Republican era tends to be repetitive. I don't care about yeah. you being spies for the Japanese. Please stop that. Right. Yeah. I see another one called the Flower Scholars Love Story.
1: I know. I'm wondering what that is.
0: It says historical mystery romance. This probably it doesn't one... like this is gonna be in Joseon.
1: Yeah, and there's like... another one that's oh, yeah. Gordio Kitan War. That's the KBS one. Whoa.
0: Oh, I don't see that one. What? Where are you seeing that one?
1: It's 2023.
0: Oh. Uh... Like I see a Song I mean, of the I, Bandits I which is set in the Republican era.
1: Oh. And that's it. This is a
0: really short list. This is when somebody needs to buy one of my scripts and just <laughs> 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 like... make it. Again, once again, I'm hoping that there's a Lovers one. What is this? Lovers? A romance historical drama set in Joseon in the year of the rat? Yeah. Yeah, Why I, yeah. is, no, Min, not, Na, mi, na, na Namgung Min, what? Huh? Oh, wow. Min the, I what? What? <laughs> Listen, don't Wait. get my. It's on NBC. Okay, NBC's not bad with historicals. Who's the screenwriter for this? What? <gasps> that's right. The rebel who stole the people writer. This is her new drama. What? We have faith Whoa. in you. This is She's gonna hard carry. Oh, we're we're back.
1: And We're the back. audience is returned, and just like that, <laughs> we are back. Who's the director? Who's the director? I don't even care who the director is. This is oh now at, forget the fact that we are just only like five. It's fine. <laughs> this is this is worth ten. <laughs> is she going to be the alone. one to carry the historical genre on her back? Is that really what it's going to turn into being?
0: Listen, historical? I will support her. Does she need a, a crowdfunding? I will do <laughs> it. <laughs> right. Cause when I think about Rebel, we're gonna have to rewatch Rebel and do an episode on it because we gotta, we gotta. It deserves. It's so good, and I feel like people don't watch it, and I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> I see the the, the Goryeo Katan War.
1: Yeah, that's the one, mm-hmm. and and it's like I don't trust
0: KBS sometimes, so I'm KBS a- historicals usually are okay. Like the yeah. old the old broadcast stations literally have studio sets for historicals. So <laughs> That's true.
1: That's true. I just hope that it's like I don't know how to say this like KBS sometimes I feel like it's
0: it's either really good
1: or Are very bad.
0: Their their yes. production There's quality not- is, is not good. It's like their production quality yeah. is stuck in 2013. Yes. Yes. They're really good at family dramas. <laughs> kbs yeah. is very good at family dramas nbc has a hit every now and then sbs is on this mock shit and i'm gonna need them to i don't know <laughs> what they're doing over there and, and then once once the crime
1: era like the, the crime era is kind of over so ocn and tvn have kind of like they're doing good but it's like yeah. they had a wave they really had a wave for a minute and now i'm
0: like ah they're not they i don't which is crazy because i don't know if we're doing trending trends anymore you know what I'm saying? I feel like every mm. now and then we get dramas with similar things, but we were in the era when time-traveling dramas? Yes. PTSD. I still have PTSD. <laughs> that is... I love...
1: time. Ta- Listen, Life on Mars was, to me, like, this is where the peak lies. This is where the peak of writing of time <laughs> travel exists. So, I, I like, all the t- terrible ones were excused in my mind because Life on Mars exists. So, like... And yeah. then, like that that era like the time travel crime era like i feel like you're correct that that dramas are no longer in eras or like mm-hmm. this is a everyone's doing this now everyone's doing that now um like i feel like because of goblin everyone is like bring in a mythical creature <laughs>
0: we need listen if you're not going to do the listen even then it's like wh- how do we make the jump from like historical to fantasy without making up a fucking kingdom in an era? i'm telling you yeah. after i p- listen i can fully write a paper about how Joseph and exorcist mm. made 17 other dramas not be produced because they didn't know what the mm. fuck they were doing <laughs> damn whoa
1: that's a paper that definitely needs to be read i'd read that
0: yeah okay we should probably end this episode we're sorry y'all Yeah. but the historical junkies have been gone for a while but we're back listen we have a few more things coming I might do another Chinese historical before the end of the year we're definitely gonna put Rebel on our calendar to do I don't know maybe we should do it by December rewatch yeah that's cool by December yeah cause god I love Rebel so much ah it'll be great to rewatch ah we can talk about it cause we watched it at different times when it first yes, came it out did yes yes okay so um make sure you're following us on twitter at commentator tiktok at comment the podcast are you gonna chat with us on discord which is an all the link on all our bios and don't forget to give us a five-star review the historical junkies shall return until next time i'm tori oh i said i said until next time the i'm tori <laughs> and i'm nia bye